Well, hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. It's Wednesday, January 17th, 2018, and I am happy to be here with you. And I am happy to be here with our guest today, who is a dear sister of mine for many years, and it's Diane Mushel Hamilton, who um, I don't think many of you need much of an invitation or much of an introduction for, but uh, I do have some new people. So Mm -hmm. I am going to share a little bit about Diane. And first of all, hey, Di, say hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jeff. It's wonderful to be on in virtual space with you. Yeah, indeed. I like it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So what we're going to do today, what we're going to look at is this amazing example of cultural evolution in real time that we're seeing that was really kicked off just three months ago with the Harvey Weinstein thing. And yeah, and and just uh, is this sort of uh, cultural evolution in in, in warp speed. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I do want to tell people about you. Yeah, please do. All right. So Diane Mushel Hamilton is a teacher of integral spirituality. And like I say, uh, we've been working together since the Integral Institute days where Mm -hmm. Diane was instrumental in formulating the integral spiritual practice that, you know, really Mm -hmm. continues to this day with a lot of practitioners. Mm -hmm. And um, she's worked with Ken Wilber and us. And uh, Diane is a lineage holder in the Soto Zen tradition. And she is the founder and lead teacher of Two Arrows Zen, which is a Zen practice community based in Utah. She's a master facilitator of groups. And your, your program is called Integral Facilitator, Di? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, did, I did that with Rebecca Colwell. She's my co- co-founder. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've worked with Di and she, I've seen her work magic with groups. It's really, you know, Diane, I have worked, I've produced seminars since I was 25 years old. You're the best. <laughs> Thank Simple you. Simple as that. <laughs> Gee. So, yeah. I praise. I appreciate that. And, of course, um, I don't want to neglect to mention that you were the rodeo queen. Well, there's that. In high school. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I was indeed. Yeah. So anyway, why we're here is to talk about this Me Too movement and just this, this you know, this cultural moment. And you wrote, uh, a be- really, I think, a beautiful blog post uh, on your site called At Me Too on Perspectives, Listening, and Risk-Taking. And I really did think it was beautiful. And let me just see if I can sum up the basic thesis and then sure. tell me how I did. Okay, but sure. it's, you know, it's basically just an acknowledgement that of, of what's great about the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that uh, these are my words, not yours, but it's putting the nails in the coffin of the patriarchy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what's bad about it is mm-hmm. that it becomes dogmatic and destructive in its own way. And we're seeing that too. And we're seeing a backlash to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as integralists, we want to see all of that. Mm-hmm. And the solution to that really is integral thinking in a way, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to use the basic definitions of integral consciousness is that it's the ability to hold multiple perspectives at the t- same time, which mm-hmm. isn't so easy when the intensity's high. Right. So that's, that's, right. that's what you said, right? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think I would go one step further and maybe say that, that, big social movements 
that are demanding social change in a certain way don't necessarily have the luxury to include more. Like in order to really get heard about how outrageous these abuses have been and um, how much in this particular case, women and, and men at times have been subjected to and that it's just intolerable. And, you know, there's a, there's a subtext around the relationship of sex and power because Hollywood is obviously powerful and Harvey Weinstein is powerful and Charlie Rose's and Al Franken. But, but so that, that the social movements have to just sound one note. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and there's a certain way that a certain amount of momentum kind of just came up in a groundswell and we're in a different place. Now I would, you know, we've been working on uh, reversing the subjugation of women ever since the suffragist movement and, and maybe even before that. I'm not quite right. sure how it came into being that women were somehow not held as equals in culture. I don't, I don't know that history very well. There may right. be people on the call who do. But so this moment of really finally getting some real genuine momentum around the, the experience of, of just the, the abuse of, of sexuality. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's an evolution. And one of the ways I think integral can help us see it is that, you know, as to the question as, as how it came about, um, Ken points us out uh, that men and women created these systems together mm-hmm. that were yeah. functional for that stage of development. Mm-hmm. And women were actually invested in the patriarchy, which is mm-hmm. why you often see the mothers or the leaders in these honor killings, you know, and that sort of thing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really functional at that stage. And that just continues. And, and what's happening now is... Well, or, even, base- or even you could even talk about the way right now in terms of how on the right side of the political aisle, this issue is not front and center and that the right. women are not demanding it. So... Right. When the women also are growing and changing, that this change can take place, right. for sure. And, and you know, I, I think this really, I think it, it uh, you know, moves the ball mm-hmm. in that, um, you know, it's one of the thesis of, of what I talk about here in the Daily Evolver is that we just have to get more friendly to fighting, I guess, mm-hmm. because yeah. that is, you know, the yeah. way forward. Yeah, that's and, right. But as you point out, um, we can, in fact, we're, we're, I, I, I wrote it down. I thought it was so beautifully said. Um, hang on here. Oh, I can't find it. But at any rate, you were talking about how <clears throat> the, the cultural conversation tends to happen in these big, you know, big, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and, and they become sort of these megaliths of thought. Mm-hmm. And, and yet in our private lives, it, it, at work and with our friends and with our family, we can have a more nuanced conversation. Mm-hmm. We can and, allow for more perspectives and, and more nuance to enter into the conversation if we can tolerate it. Yeah. So what do you think's happening? You know, what's, how's our culture moving here? What, what do you see is the the thing well i i think that that you know there's a a trend and we certainly see this in our practice where there was a big injunction in at the myth of level of development for us to just simply be good mm-hmm. but as we and we're develop, talking the amber altitude of development yeah. here the traditionalists still to this day right. yeah right 
That's right. And so, you know, a lot of people are able to accomplish being good, but at the same time, you know, we have priests who are perverted in the background. We have all kinds of things happening in the background. And so there's a way that the whole domain of sexuality is kind of being surfaced for us to take a, a much more clear look at the dynamics that are really going on there. And so yeah. the, the gesture is a good one. It's kind of, kind of pulling the curtain back from the privacy uh, that surrounded our sexual conduct and really taking a, a look at it, whether it's in the context of the church and the abuses by priests, whether it's in the context of work and the abuses by people in positions of power, whether it's in the, in the context of our personal relationships and just the way there can be a lot of negativity where that strong erotic energy is. So I think that is what's really happening is that we're trying to get more conscious in, yeah. a, in a very real way. Yeah. Well, how do we do that in a work environment? I mean, what, uh, there's, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about um, <clears throat> being good at the traditional level, um, in a way, that's part of the problem because being good at the traditional level is women being subject to men. Mm -hmm. that's you right. know, that's just the, that's the nature of that's still the patriarchy still, it's not quite as brutal as it was at red, mm -hmm. but it's still very much in play mm -hmm. as you could see Middle Eastern countries shrouding the whole yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so, so we have that online, it, it, you know, and we're just at that stage of development where we have three different worldviews online at the same time. Or four. Or four, exactly. You know, we're so five if you, could, if you count Trump. I mean, Trump. If, you, if you count Trump, I was just going to say the same thing. If you count him, he did, women don't even exist for him. <laughs> beings, you know? Well, he, everybody's an object to I Trump. mean, at least George Bush treated Laura with a tremendous amount of regard and respect. I yes. mean, what you have with Trump is, I mean, well, you hardly have a sense that he even has a wife. That's much more right. red. No, that's red. It's Big Daddy. I mean, Big Daddy has uh, concubines, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, and if you look at that, that through history, that is, that's the real patriarchy. That's red. Mm -hmm. uh, but we civilize that, brush off the edges at amber traditional, uh, but again, still male dominated. And then when we get to modern, it's like, okay, uh, we're going to have our private sphere and we're going to have our public sphere. Mm -hmm. And that's in right. our public sphere, we're going to be equal. Mm -hmm. And and so women enter the workforce, you know, and, and, you know, we hear these stories of, and I remember it back in, there was a, a big article in the New York Times about, I think it was in Detroit, where these women were on the assembly lines in these factories. Um, and, you know, they had fought hard to get those jobs. Those were great jobs back in yeah. the 60s and, and 70s. They, women started coming on, uh, into those kinds of jobs. They're making big money. Yeah, well, after and, the Second World War, they went into the factories and then they didn't want to go back home. Exactly. And they were just, it was just endless humiliation. And I remember it. I remember how the men in my friends and family at that stage of living in the Steel Valley in the 70s, how they talked about working women and how they disdained that. And that was that's sort of the, you know, the, the, some of the last gasps of the patriarchy. My cousin's generation, my generation don't, doesn't feel that way. Not as much, certainly. Uh, and so that's being navigated. And then there's the postmodern that comes online that says, let's become sensitive to each mm -hmm. other and mm -hmm. let's really um, see each other. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think Green still see, sees each other as objects. 
You know, there's still mm -hmm. a victim perpetrator. There's a lot of roles. There's race and gender. And there's a lot that green holds online as precious. But I think mm -hmm. at Integral, we really want to just see, you know, through as many filters as we, we can and just see mm -hmm. the person on the other side. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think a, an integral, so one of the ways we can think about it is, let's, let's imagine for a moment at traditional, we have typical gender roles, women's, women are support roles, they're subject to men's preferences, they're adapting. And then we get to orange and all of a sudden we see a lot of changes take place in the, in the right-hand quadrants. We get to see a lot of places take, changes take place in terms of pay equity, in terms of access to financing, in terms of uh, being able to actually hold down jobs, move into positions of power. Then I would say at pluralism, what happens is the subjectivity of being a female actually starts to be valued. So there, there actually is kind of a weird mm -hmm. rift in the feminist movement between mm -hmm. uh, attainments in the right-hand quadrant and the social, social sphere, which requires you a little bit to behave more, if we can use this language, some people won't, but to behave more masculine. Mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, if you're Hillary Clinton, you've got to be tough and you can't have your sensitivities. And then green in a certain way invites us to bring those sensitivities forward. So there's a question around, well, you know, let's look at all the ways that women are not just simply being persecuted in the right-hand quadrants, but actually are demeaned in the left-hand quadrants yeah. down. And, and so sexism is addressed at a real interior level. And I think some of the abuse issues are also addressed here um, in terms of just the impact, the negative impact. When you get to integral, you actually have the freedom of mind to see as a woman the ways in which you abuse and oppress others. Now, it's very hard for anybody at any one of those stages of development to really see the perspectives of the other because if it's the first time that anybody's ever really listened to your history of abuse, to what you've endured in the workplace, to the kind of bullshit that you've had to put up with as a female, to now say, oh, now you want me to look at how I'm, I, as the victim, I now become the persecutor. But for an integral state of mind, that's actually not difficult. And in fact, it feels even more freeing because mm -hmm. you're not locked into a dualistic structure in which I automatically am victimized. Right, totally. I have some power to see the whole situation. Yes, so that's yes. just one little tiny yes. way of thinking yes. about it. As I mentioned on my podcast, or earlier episode, you know, talking to a friend of mine about the um, women who took Harvey Weinstein's deal over all those years and, sure. and, and benefited from it. That's right. and, and maybe they were happy that they took mm -hmm. that deal. And maybe and good let's for not them. forget that. Yeah, yeah that, that was the system and women were working the system too. Yeah, totally. Uh, but the system's changing. Yes, and, and the system needs to change, absolutely. And the system needs to change. And you know, I, I think of it even in Buddhist terms that basically what we're doing is just shining the light on ignorance. You know, in a way, we're having the conversation collectively that mm -hmm. so many of us get frozen up with when we're actually talking to our intimate partner. Or we're trying to. Or, yeah. Well, and I, and I, was, I was thinking, you and I talked for just a minute, one of the things that an integral conversation could include is, you know, in my post, I say, it's very hard for, for people to hear me say, absolutely, in terms of these qualities of abuses, Absolutely, in terms of the, the, the conflation of sex and power, let's, let's act, you know, and let's really listen to, to what people have to say. But if in, the, if, in the next, if in the next sentence I say, and due process matters, yeah. and consent actually really matters, and 
proportionality matters in terms of, you know, I personally, this is my view, Harvey Weinstein, from what I can tell, was a predatory, very abusive man. Al Franken, for me, is not at the same level of that. And the fact that they both have this basically, because it's a political arena and not a judicial arena, they're subject to the same outcome, to me, feels radically unfair. It does, Um, indeed. Personally, if I had been Al Franken's advisor, I might have advised him differently. Now, that will enrage some people. It would just enrage them that I would put that on the table. But I think we can, we can, an integral perspective wants to put those additional views on the table. And I would venture to even to ask a question of you, how is all this Me Too, um, this kind of victim persecutor uh, situation in relationship to sexuality and power, how does it play in the gay community? To me, that's something I actually want to learn from because I wouldn't be surprised if, as a woman, I have something to learn from you guys. I don't know. Yeah. I really haven't yeah. heard, a, heard a word about it. And the other thing I would say is we're taking a lot of interest in the, the experience, the negative experience of women's sexuality, but we should also pick up the positive experience of women's sexuality in relationship to power and also be much more curious about what it's like to be in a man's body around all this stuff. We're not even curious about that. Like how do men subjugate how, you know, sublimation is one of, Freud talked about it extensively because men do a lot of sublimating of their sexual energy. Yeah. Let's get that on the table. Let's teach young men how to hear no. Let's teach them how to work with their sexuality. Let's yes. teach women how to say no and be clear yes. about it. And yes. to, if you're going to take a risk and you want to go up to a celebrity's room, then be a little bit clear that maybe yes. there's a, you know, why is all the responsibility on, on the male? I think yes. we should share it. I don't want to disempower yes. women. Yes. Well, you, you mentioned that Aziz Ansari is the yes. example I think you're talking yeah. about. Every, we're all talking about and thinking about that now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it seems to be the limit. Um, it's, I, I noticed there's a, there's the, the, the New York Times was, uh, op-ed was, Aziz Ansari is guilty, period, of not being a mind reader, period. That's yeah. their op-ed, written by a woman. Uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg view, had a lot of Yeah, Whoopi yeah, Goldberg. Uh, there's yeah. a bunch of backlash against that. And I, so the, I, I think culture's finding its limit, you know, that you but, can't... But the damage is done to him. I know. Well, yes. And we'll see what clearly damage is done to him. And this is unfair to him. And, it, and it's... I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I mean, I don't think he's guilty of a crime. No, that's... So if we're not worried, willing to criminalize this stuff, why are we willing to ru- ruin people over it? If we're not going to criminalize it, then we shouldn't be ruining people's reputation over it. Yeah. Yeah, so That's we a have total hypocrisy. Yeah, and and you see culture trying to sort this out, you know, with Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Spacey is vaporized. He's uh, gone. Woody Allen his appears Emmys. that this is his last little puff of smoke for Woody Allen. It's over yeah. for him now. All these people came out and said, "I'll never work oh, with him again." Yeah, yeah and, and see, I'm giving my money on back. Your personal preferences, like I think Woody Allen should have been taken out a long time ago. I think yeah, it's I know, no, no. So that's it's, my preference. Well, the, the, it, the, it's, the, it's a messy process, this cultural evolution. And yes, there are victims and, and your people sort of get in the meat grinder and, 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 and then it, it, it's sometimes I don't, I don't think people, Al Franken should have been deprived of Senate seat. But you know what? what? Here's my theory. What's Al Franken's going to run for president anyway. You think so? I do. I, well, I, I, here's my thought experiment and, and what I would advise him if he wants to. I, 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 I went down, I paid the price. I said, you know, I, I, you know, here's what I did. I'm I'm completely transparent. And you know what? I'm running for fucking president and factor that in. 
and I stand exposed. I, don't, I think that would be there's something that's, um, that, that it could actually raise the sort of juice. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, Diane. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. I well, just, I mean, you know, think it's possible. See, part of it for me is I have training as a mediator. So as a mediator, I have to find a way in any room of people working on any issue to be for everybody in the room. I have to find that the truth in what they're saying, the partiality in what they're saying, I have to privilege the perspective that's most relevant, most important in that moment, and I have to create more room for more perspectives to come online. At the same time, as a woman... Die, 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 die. Stop just for a second. That's such a beautiful description. You have to be for everyone in the room. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, do. I just want to pause there and say that that's what you just said is a beautiful description of integral consciousness. Mm-hmm. You really do want to be for everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go on. But then there's also this other thing. I mean, personally, I'd rather not be for everybody. But as a professional, I have to find a way to be. Otherwise, I fail. Right. And then I have to uh, find the the partial truths in all perspectives, even the ones that I think are archaic and racist and backwards and primitive. But what can I find in there? Can I find just, can I just simply acknowledge tribalism as a real Mm -hmm. thing, even though I don't? subscribe to it or believe in it. Yeah, we love our group and we hate others. Well, it, we feel the lineage and we feel the magic of our ancestors and that matters. You know, yeah, there is something that's, that's beautiful about that. And you're a threat to me. Can yeah. I find that truth? It's not particularly I, wide yeah. or broad. Yeah. I, ha- I have to do that. Then I have to find the perspective that's most relevant in the moment. In this case, it's the Me Too perspective that really has to be brought out and represented and heard and and we have to take it in at deeper and deeper levels and enact it. And then there has to be room to bring other questions on, onto the table. But one of the things that happened to me just in my own practice is I've been involved in the feminist movement since I was in my early 20s. I have a chip on my shoulder. I have four, I have uh, my three brothers and my father, all of whom are fighter pilots and military trained. I grew up in an atmosphere that completely supported masculine values, so to speak, and my sensitivities as a female were never acknowledged, and I have resentments around that, and I have resentments at having to fight as a woman to be heard at times or to have my perceptions respected, but I'll tell you, I hope your audience is open to this, but I went into a ceremony when I was in my mid-30s, and I was trying to, I had been divorced, and I was trying to kind of re-have my relationship to men recalibrated because I had developed this kind of they're you know they're the problem mentality mm-hmm. and I uh, so I went into this particular native ceremony that I was doing at the time and I just had a very profound experience and when I came home literally out of nowhere my younger brother was in my yard and had like groomed I was a single parent at the time and he had groomed my entire yard and I saw him walking from behind my house like carrying this massive amount of like limbs and branches and I just saw his, his, this is not in a cliched way, but this just beautiful male, like actually helping me and caring for me in a way that I just was not able to see that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that changed my relationship. I mean, I just simply don't have that same kind of automatic sense that, that men are always wrong. Yeah, it's not, said, it's not to say I don't get frustrated. It's not to say that I don't see things that are wrong. I just have a, I just... That's just not where I choose to live at this point. Well, and I also love in what you said that you appreciate that masculinity. Absolutely. Just as a, as a, as a, basically a pole of reality. 
yeah. then there's the feminine. And actually, at Integral, we want to have those poles back because that's where the juice is. Right, and we totally. want to have juicy sex. You know, <laughs> and sex gets green and, and, and orange. You know, the, the, we're tr- we get all confused at whose power and power. And it becomes. might be same sex relationships. Yeah, it might totally. be transgendered. Yes. But there's still something in the polarity of, of, yes. of catalytic. And, and, yes. Yeah. And that, and that translates sexually as, as power, as the pursued and the, and the pursuer. And right. I, I was just thinking that I wish I had taken a video of what was going on in my office here before we got on this call. And I'm watching Greg's two French bulldogs. And so I yeah. have four dogs here. And they're running back and forth. Then they're wrestling. And the one's humping the other. And then she's humping him. And then the puppy comes in and wants to hump up. And it's like, I realized I didn't make a video of it because <laughs> I didn't want it to be on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so obscene to me. But, but, pardon me? Hey, there's a consent app. Have you seen about the consent app? Oh, really? No. Yeah, what? there's an app now. I well, have it on I, my I, phone. I, Someone I, sent it to me. Basically, I haven't seen it. A but little I'm legal with contract app where you, we give each other consent for a certain period of time. Yeah. And so you'll have it on yes. your phone. Well, I, I think Oops, what actually on. happens is when we talk about. Uh, sex and what turns us on and what is and is, you know, what we want to do, what we do. If we put that on the table, it's better. You know, I think what follows is better than when we're trying to do that movie thing where, you know, we just have to fall in each other's arms and rip off each other's clothes and all of that cliche over and over and over in the movies. I'm so tired of it. Uh, but anyway, it's, I find the Aziz Ansari story um, interesting because it does show that category of where the guy's kind of pestering and pushing and, and, and you're, the woman's an object to the guy, the woman doesn't want to be, uh, you know, none of that's criminal or even close. Yeah. But, it's, but, it, but I can speak as a female on many occasions where I've been subjected to that really persistent kind of yes. and, there is a part of me that's naturally receptive. So it's hard to kind of galvanize my push. It's also that I, you know, I just want to have a nice meeting and I don't want it to turn bad. Maybe I also, some part of me might be interested, but not this fast. I mean, I can really identify with how yes. annoying and obnoxious it is to have to fight someone off like that, or to feel that you, you're just not able to kind of weigh in without like finding the part of you that can really push, you know, right. no, so it's totally. hard. And then you go home and you did more than you wanted and it still didn't work and you feel like yeah. shit. And, yeah. you know, you ask, what's the gay, you know, situation? Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm kind sure. of all of it in a way. I mean, because yeah. it's all still there. All of the crapola is still there. But we don't have the easy sex roles, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so I have been, I look back and I'm 60 plus years old. So I've had a lot of experience, mostly partnered. But I did have my times of not partnered and in the yeah. scene. And I have been the pursuer. I have been the pursued. There were times when it was really fun to be both. You know, I I enjoyed both. Uh, There were times when I was the pesterer. Mm -hmm. And and I can remember one situation where... Predator? uh, Predator? Not predator, no. That's too far. Yeah, no, I I never pushed anybody. I'm too much of a wimp. But... (laughs) I did have a friend who we had a sexual relationship and he wanted to stay friends, but stop the sex. And I, I, I was rotten to him for a long time. 
You're mad. You know, yeah, I was mad and 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 d- deeply wounded, and you know that, and and acted out in a way that I'm looking. I even knew at the time. I thought, what the fuck, you know? But there I was. Uh, but I also get that thing with it, where this Ansari thing, where I've been the pestered, you know, where I didn't want to, and you know, and I kept getting poked at, and I and I wanted to talk, or I wanted to move away, but I kept getting aggressed on physically, and I grabbed and yeah, mm-hmm. and ugh, and I've also done that. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot, but a couple times I can think I was the pesterer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. And, this and is that- all, you know. And, and the reason that we don't have laws against that kind of stuff is precisely that reason, is that there has to be room for us to f- find our way. You cannot yeah. legislate that stuff. Right. But we do have laws against sexual harassment, and we do have laws against, uh, certainly against forcible right. sex of any kind. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's one of the sort of When gray people aren't areas. willing to file civil complaints or press charges, there's a certain part of me that thinks you have to swallow it. Yeah. I might be wrong, but unless we want to go to it, unless we want to return to a kind of Victorian age kind of way of being, we're, we're in murky yeah. water right now. Yeah. But let well, me, it's, just, uh, it's just that it gets, it just re- gets really gray in the exchange of human beings. And I, I tend to be somebody that just wants to be supportive to women's capacity to say yes to women's capacity to say no. Yeah. And actually that there are going to be times where that yes and no are blurred and therefore we kind of get hurt and we hurt each other. And I want men to grow up and be well behaved but I really do I do a draw a bright land line between that which is an offense and that yeah. which is it's hard to measure and that's what so, I was that, that, yeah. that, that brought my thought back um, yeah. that you know that bright line of what's real physical coercion mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know orange would say it's physical mm-hmm. green wants to say that there's other dimensions of I can be hurt emotionally, I can be lured in, I can be the victim of your grand, you know, Well, in the case case of uh, sexual harassment law, in the beginning, the law was against quid pro quo. You could not trade sexual favors for advancement. Right. And that's the workplace. It expanded to hostile work environment. And that gets at more what you're talking about, which is just an atmosphere of unwanted sexuality. Now, again, sometimes that's measurable. It's also that everybody would agree, and other times it isn't, and not everybody would agree. And again, it gets very dicey. So it's really tricky when you start to get into these more subjective perceptions around what's okay and what isn't. And unless we want to return to a really repressive environment, um, then we're all going to have to tolerate some discomfort. Well, I think we're erring on the side of it being too repressive, well, the men I know, and you talked about this in your column, yeah. you started with this anecdote. Yeah. Um, you know, we're actually happy to sit back and let, and hear from, from the women. I think there is some truth to that. Yeah, that's uh, fine. But uh, we also feel like we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I uh, relayed the quick story of, what happened to me downtown Boulder when I was walking my dog and I saw another woman who had a little dog and it had a little outfit. And, and I said something about, Oh, aren't you beautiful? And to the little dog. And then, you know, we were walking and, and I said, and to the woman, I said, and it's a, it's a cute dog too. So it was like, yeah. I was making the compliment to her and she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was not um, impressed yeah. or complimented. 
And I got a lot of um, comments from listeners who have all kinds of doubts around that right now. You know, mm-hmm. how do you compliment women and do you? And, um, and what's happened for me is uh, and it, 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 that incident was part of it. But this Me Don't Too say you is- have nice breasts. Don't say <laughs> Don't say, wow, that's a good looking booty. Stay I have away said from that, that to some of my women friends and they have enjoyed hearing it. <laughs> well, that's different. Yeah, that's different, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, in they the do it. Own, I just have to say so. In the comfort of your own familiarity. But we have to be able to make these distinctions, you know? Yeah. And I think the opportunity is to, you know, what, what becomes integral is we want to include all of it, including that sexual polarity and that, you know, uh, that power is a big part of what is a turn on in sex. Well, that's where it gets even dicier again. You know, yeah. that's and right. it just I is. A, and if I we could do friend. that, it, I was just going to just let me finish. Yeah, finish. So I'm sorry. We can do that in the territory that is, um, you know, where it's an option, where it's an art form, where we're not gripped by it. It's not who we are. We have other options. But once we have other options, when we have enough space in our consciousness, we can let that back in and it's mm-hmm. juicy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so what were you going to say? You know, and we're going to have to, people are going to disagree with our particular stances. I've certainly had women who feel like I don't take a strong enough stance around the Me Too movement, and I don't take a, a strong enough stand around, uh, you know, just males who are, you know, basically opportunistic and, uh, you know, hurtful. Mm-hmm. But I just believe so much in our ability to say yes and our ability to say no. So like I say, for me, unless somebody's willing to press charges, I, I just feel, and it, you know, like there has to be a bright line. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's just, we, we just kind of, we're going to all end up, the culture's very, I, I'll say this though, I think culture's very, very schizophrenic around all this mm-hmm. because there's more sexual freedom and, and kind of a libertine attitude towards sexuality now in my younger students than there ever was when I was young. And yet there also seems to be this, this kind of fragility around it too. So like, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, you know, when someone has been abused by a parent or an uncle or a neighbor and they're underage or when someone has been harassed at work and, you know, you know, there's lots of examples of Harvey Weinstein with having women to his room who are just young people looking for work and oh, yeah. opportunity. And then yes. he just takes advantage of that kind of stuff yes. is not okay. I mean, it's against the law yes. Yes. and it is for a reason. Yes. We're going to have to figure the rest of this out a little bit. Yeah. So how do you, deal with um, students who are having trouble with all this? I mean, in terms of meditation or mm-hmm. communication or psychology or where do you go with it? Well, um, certainly uh, quite a few students come to me with trouble in their, in their sexuality and how to navigate these things and also in terms of just their relationships, generally speaking. So I basically ask them to really clarify what it is they want what it is they're wanting, and then to look at their patterning and notice the kind of patterns they have that maybe are, you know, as Robert Keegan likes to say, a, com- a competing ki- commitment, mm-hmm. you know, that, and, and one of the things like with men, that with my male students that I work on a lot is if you want to play the field, um, I don't have a judgment about that. What I have a judgment about is you pretending you're not doing that 
mm-hmm. every person that comes along the way, I'm supposed to pretend is your future wife until two months later you're not with them anymore. So mm-hmm. it, it has to do with being honest with yourself, looking at the patterning that you grew up in, mm-hmm. looking at your own, uh, you know, your own wounding around sexuality, the own pl- places where you're caught, where you're giving double signals. If mm-hmm. you're a person who's not able to say no coherently without mm-hmm. feeling guilty or frozen or, or timid inside, how can you mm-hmm. practice so you can deliver really clear mm-hmm. no's and set your limits and then be willing to walk away? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to do with both the, your personal work and also some psychodynamic work around, around sex and relationships for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. And, you know, I think some of that is happening collectively too. Yeah. You know, I mean, despite the fact that we lurch forward and then we go too far and then we get blown back and everybody's screaming the whole way. And, you know, and there's a whole media circus. Everybody's got a megaphone. Everybody's all worked up. I, I believe in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know, know you do. I, I like know. that about you. Yeah, yeah. You're always reminding me, what do we say? We say evolution is beautiful, but not pretty. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, uh, the, the bottom line is, are people, are, after reading the, you know, the Weinstein story, for sure. I mean, I think people at, at all levels, at the cement plant back where I grew up, you know, to the you know, halls of Congress, to Hollywood, guys are going to stop that. There's going to be exceptions, but th- there's going to be a way move to mm-hmm. stopping that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then also, um, you know, the Aziz and sorry side of the spectrum, that men are going to get educated even just reading that story, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and reflecting on true. it, you know, and women too. But I miss uh, Al Franken and his role. Yeah. I, I, well, again, my thesis is that we may not miss him forever. We'll mm-hmm. see if he, if we can get him back. Yeah. I liked Al Franken. I was excited when a friend of mine said, yeah, because, you know, who are the Democrats, you know, going to work with here in the mm-hmm. in three years? And he was one of the ones that when a friend of mine suggested him, I thought, yeah, that would be just the right you know, balance of gravitas and celebrity and all of that. Yeah, media celebrity. Yeah. Were you offended by the photo of him with the woman where he had his hands out? She was asleep or something and he had his hands out like he was touching uh, Was I offended? No, mm-hmm. I wasn't offended. But, uh, you know, it, it, it would de- depend on the context. Mm-hmm. You know, if these were a bunch of people who'd been traveling for a couple of weeks and they're jokesters and all of that stuff. I don't think that was it, though. She was a journalist. Uh, and I do think he was pantomiming more than anything. And she mm-hmm. had a vest on. So I, I wasn't too worked up over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I get where, you know, I have grown. And mm-hmm. I see now that you, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't uh, recommend that. I think that that's over. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, context matters. Mm-hmm. With close friends, well, you know. And also, again, I think the danger is if we can't, you know, I don't know how she felt about it. I think it would matter to me how she yeah, felt about totally. it. I think, I think that if we imag- tell men over and over they're not supposed to think that way or feel that way, and a comedian doesn't demonstrate it, it just gets driven into shadow and it's going to come out. Yeah. So I'd rather have it come out playfully and we can all acknowledge it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's tricky territory. Yeah. But I think we uh, made a little progress in clearing the thicket. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, shout out to the women of the Me Too movement for taking a stand. Yeah, and um, may, may we all learn and grow here. Yeah. So thank you, Diane Mushel Hamilton, 
Thank you, my friend. For being on the Daily Evolver. All right. Good to see you. Peace. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Jeff. Bye-bye.